Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. Seen myself standing uh, the 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 talent that we have God has gifted us with at this church is um, a gift it is really a gift so if you don't know um, Cole is that I mean I do can sing can now can I can sing man like that is that was Cole is the reluctant singer um, I don't know when it was, it's probably been five, six years ago. Somebody uh, back there in the back uh, recorded him at their core group singing. And they said, have you seen this guy sing? And um, you guys, it was your group. <laughs> and they're like, have you heard this guy sing? And I'm like, dang. Does he know you recorded this? They said, no. <laughs> he was so mad. And uh, anybody remember Daniel Surratt? Most of us all know Daniel Surratt. So Daniel was our worship leader at the time. And I said, man, watch this. And, and 
Cole said, no, I ain't doing it. I ain't gonna do it. We convinced him, I should say Daniel did, convinced him to show up for practice. <laughs> so he practiced with the band uh, and never ever came out front. And that went on, I don't know how long. And, uh, and but we believed in him and listen, you gotta believe in people before they even believe in themselves. You gotta see something. This is what the church is about. And we're gonna talk about that here in a couple of weeks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit on that a little bit. But you gotta believe in people before they believe in themselves and that's why we're here. Uh, that's why you gather in this place. One, because you need somebody. If you, if you think that I'm just a cocky old pastor and think I got it all together, you have no idea what it was like to sit with a group of incredible leaders that are our advisory board and them affirm me and say, we believe in you, Brad. We, we, you, it just, it, we need, we all need, come on, turn to somebody, tell them, I need it and you need it. I need it and you need it. And, and you just gotta keep speaking that. So we did and then um, we said, hey, how about you sing some background vocals? And he started doing a little background vocals. And then finally we said, you need to sing, man. You need to sing. And man, are we not glad that he started singing. He is hating every moment of this and he wants me to just stop talking about it. Is, uh, Cole is one of the most humble people you would be around, but um, we are blessed. We are blessed on this stage, but the, the stage is a reflection of the seats, by the way. So don't just think all the talent is on the stage, the talent is in the seats. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them you got talent. You've got talent. Uh, America doesn't just have talent, this church has talent. All right, let's, let's look at some scripture together. If you have a Bible, let's go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37. I am stoked about preaching this today because I believe right now, if you've been getting the text and the email updates, and if you don't, fill out a next step card and we'll get you on that. But we are in a season of prayer and fasting right now where I believe God is taking us from the Ezekiel 37 Valley of Dry Bones. He's wanting to breathe his breath into you. I'll explain that here in a moment. And he's wanting to move you into a season of new beginnings, Isaiah 43. I'm gonna be preaching that here in a couple of weeks. Tell somebody, be here. Come on, turn to somebody and say, you need, to, you need to be here. This is not a season to be sleeping. This is a season to be praying and fasting and pressing in because I'm absolutely convinced God is moving in this congregation. I talk to pastors all of the time and there's different seasons in different churches where God says, I'm gonna pour out my spirit. I wanna do something unique in that season. And I, I'm, I, I don't have time to talk about how we even got into this season, but God always leads me through dates and times. You heard a little bit about that on that video. And I know that I know that I know we are in this season because God wants to awaken you and awaken our church. And he's saying, get ready, get ready. Somebody say, get ready. So we are in Ezekiel 37 today. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to uh, download version or Bible Hub, a couple great apps. I use those all of the time. And so this is our anniversary series that we're in, playlists, where we take songs from the radio and then I preach about them. And if you weren't here last week, I talked a little bit about that, that my background, if you don't know, is radio. That's where I, I cut my teeth in ministry, was uh, in radio, doing rock and roll and country. So I, I, I love rock and roll and I love me some Chris Stapleton. And so, I mean, I'm always, I've been mowing the last few weeks with nothing but Chris Stapleton, because I'm like, I'm getting ready for this day. So uh, that brings us to this series where we are taking these songs from the radio and, and we're, we're shaping them around our anniversary and we talk about our core values of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. We have four core values, hope for the heart, healing for the soul, peace of mind, and purpose in the world. Last week we talked about hope for the heart and, and Liz just roared the house down last week. That was, that was crazy. And by the way, we don't, we didn't just pull these four core values out of the wind. This is, if you ever wonder, what am I supposed to be doing in my life? These are the four things you're supposed to be doing. It's what Jesus, is, what is known as the great commandment. It's what our church is built on, Matthew chapter 22, 37 through 39. Let's say it with me. Jesus replied, what? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So that's what we're doing here for the next few weeks as we talk about these values. And I love how our core groups are doing a deep dive into our practices that go with these values. How do we live out these values? It's through our practices. And, and we started that last week on this journey. And in there is a daily devotional for you. And Paula, by the way, has devotionals in the lobby. She's written some devotionals that just, they, they weren't intended for this series, but there are four of them that actually deal with hope, healing, peace, and purpose. So as you go through this, what I want to encourage you, there's probably going to be a week that, that God's really going to hit you with something. And when that happens, I just encourage you to go back there in the lobby and see Paula and say, hey, I need this one. I need, I need the one on hope. I need the one on peace. I need, I need the one on healing or, or purpose, whichever one it might be for you. Pick that up. So today we're going to talk about break, broken halos and healing for your soul. Broken halos and healing for your soul. Let's go, Ezekiel 37. If you're new to the scriptures, Ezekiel is a prophet. Uh, and he's, uh, he's in a really bad time. Like, <laughs> you know how COVID, you just ever feel like, like, why did I have to be born now? Really? This is what I was born into? That's Ezekiel. So you can join with the prophet Ezekiel. He the nation of Israel uh, during his lifetime was conquered by the Babylonians and many were hauled off to slavery in the Babylonian empire, including at one point Ezekiel. And so at this point, the nation of Israel is facing destruction. There's zero hope of anything. And they are a broken nation and it feels like they're never ever gonna live again. And then the Lord gives this vision to this prophet named Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37, says this, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground. They were completely dried out. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord. I said, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones? Listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. Somebody say amen to that. I'll put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. In other words, God says, I ain't gonna just put breath in you. I'm gonna bring you fully back and in full restoration. Not halfway, not partway, not good enough. He wants to bring you all the way back to full and complete restoration. Amen? He says, then you're going to know that I am the Lord. Because only God can do that. Look at your life. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Look, only God could do that. When you think about where you've been and where you are and where God has taken you, man, you can own the God. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. Can you imagine that moment for him? I'm out. I'm gone. <laughs> you know, I don't, some of y'all love Halloween, not me. Uh-uh, no scariness for me, not at all. So um, the bones of each body came together attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then I, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin formed to cover their bodies, but there was still no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they can live again. Some of you, that is your prayer today. So I spoke the message and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life. They stood up on their feet like you are today, a great army. Come on, look around. This is a great army of God. We are an army of God full of the breath of his spirit, and we can do all things through him. Father, thank you for the gift of your word today. And as we try to understand it, would you help us? I pray that your spirit is gonna breathe out today upon many people in Jesus' name, amen. Men. All right, you can be seated. So let's go back to the beginning of this scripture where it says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They, they were scattered everywhere. 
In the song, Chris Stapleton says this. He says this. Where's, where, he said, no? No, he's not saying it. Okay, he's not saying it. Was the scripture not up before either? You see the scripture? Okay, okay. Chris Stapleson said this. <laughs> Cole, come on up here. I'm gonna have you sing it again. And uh, where's Cole Stapleton? You can, you can say it for me. He says this in the song. I've seen my share of broken halos, folded wings that used to fly. There it is right there. How many of you have ever broken a bone? Raise your hand if you have broken a bone. Okay, keep your hand up, all right? Keep your hand up. A lot, wow, a lot of broken bones in here. A lot of, a lot of crazy people. How many of you have broken more than one? Multiple bones, multiple bones, all right? More than, more than two, right? Three or more? Wow, four or more? Five or more? Six? Six over here? Six bones? What you been doing, girl? What you do? And you know, it's you know, it's hilarious. Is um, I have actually I match you on that. I, I have broken six bones. We get the Skeletor Award. That's what we get for that. Got one for you in the lobby. Okay. I, I have actually broken six bones in my childhood, um, mainly from, from just complete recklessness. I had a completely reckless childhood. I, I asked my mom, I said, did you have good insurance? She said, oh yeah, we doubled down on that. And I, I mean, I, and so I, I broke this, this wrist three times in a row. I was six years old and when I was six, as I said, I had a reckless childhood, never really thought much about the consequences that could happen. Anybody that kind of kid, maybe you got a kid like that, you know, never think, just like, that just sounds like fun, let's try, I'll try. That was me, that, I was the guy that would try. And so they used to do this game, I don't even know if they do it anymore, but uh, somebody get on, they'd lay on the ground and they put their feet up and you'd sit on their feet. Anybody remember that? Anybody ever do that? And then they would launch you across the room. I was six years old at the time. And uh, one of the teenagers in our neighborhood said, come on, Brad. And I said, he said, I'm going to launch you as far as I can. I said, all right. So I get down and I, and I get on his, his feet and he counts to like three. And all I remember was the trajectory <laughs> that, I mean, NASA was tracking me. I mean, they were like, and when I came down, I was like, this ain't going to be good. I, I may be six, but this ain't going to be good. And when I landed, I had both wrists out, and, and this one literally snapped and folded over. And it was just kind of dangling. And I remember going inside, and my mom was on the phone. I said, Mom, I think I need to go to the doctor. And she screamed, hung up the phone, and said, yes, we do. We went to the doctor, um, they didn't have to do surgery, thank goodness, but they tried a cast first, so they put it in a cast all the way up to my shoulder. I had it on for months, months of rehabilitation. And I finally got it out of the cast, and when I finally got it out of the cast, I was like, yeah, and I went to school, and it was recess time. And I was out at recess, well, first day I had the, the cast off, and I went out on the monkey bars, and I fell off the monkey bars, <laughs> broke the same wrist again back in a cast all the way up to my shoulder for a couple more months. Heels up. They finally take it off. Grandma comes over to the house. I'm excited. Grandma's here. I'm going to show her that I got my cast off. I run outside. I fall off the front porch, break it right in front of my grandma. You can't make this stuff up. You, know, you, remember, you know how you remember things from your childhood a little bit different? You're always bigger, more exaggerated. You're like, wow, that was just this, this was this. I swear to you that that porch was like as high as this stage here, okay? I mean, it was like I was just launched off of this. But thanks to Google Earth, <laughs> you, can, you can relive your childhood and be brought back down into reality. This is actually a picture of my childhood home, right? Right there. That is... Uh, 2600 West Country Lane, Visalia, California. I tripped off of that little tiny front porch and... 
Man. So Chris Stapleton, he says this. I see my share of broken halos, folded wings that used to fly. We have all made sinful choices and decisions, things, things that have left us broken and have left other people broken as the result of our sinful choices and decisions. Many times it was because of our, just our recklessness, right? We weren't thinking about the consequences. We weren't thinking about what could come of it. And now we, we live with, with the regret of, of, what we, of what we did. Or maybe you're living with the regret of, of, of what you're doing. That, that, that's the crazy thing about sin and sinful choices is it's typically not just a one-time event. It is a, it's a multiple-time event. It's like, it's like me falling off the front porch in the monkey bars, and when is he, this guy going to figure out that maybe this isn't a good way that you're living, and so often that happens to all of us just like that. It's, I, I, I think I'm free, everything's good, and then you find yourself back in that same broken place again. And maybe today you're just wondering, I mean, am I, am I ever going to get out of this valley of dry bones? Maybe like Ezekiel, you, have the, you look around and it's just the bones are scattered everywhere. They're, the carnage is ridiculous and you're like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is there, is there any kind of hope for me? If that's you, I, I've got something I want you to write down. And honestly, I would, I would really like if every person wrote this down because I, I don't want to just isolate and pick out one person. I think what I, I'm about to say, for those of you that are in that place of regret or brokenness or habitual sin of no one knows about it, I, I, they don't, I don't, and, and, you just, uh, and you just feel, man, I am dried out, it's scattered, I don't know. If that's you, I think you're going to need this statement. I think you're going to need to hang on to this statement, but I don't want you to write it down alone because this is what's going to happen. You're not going to want to write it down because nobody else around you is writing it down and you don't want to be picked out and seen as, hey, I'm the one. I don't want preachers talking about today. I'm the broken one. So would you all just humor me for a moment? I would like for you to take the sermon notes out of the chair back in front of you, grab a pen, and I want everybody, everybody to write this statement down because I think somebody needs it today. God restores broken halos. God restores broken halos so they can shine again. God restores broken halos so they can shine again. Will you say that with me? God restores broken halos so they can shine again. Sometimes, if not right now, even as you're writing that, you're like, I don't believe that's true for me. I'm writing it, but I just don't, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I'm habitually doing and can't get free from. And I just don't know if that's true for me. Can I tell you that I think that's exactly where Ezekiel was? I think Ezekiel, it was very hard for him to believe as well. Look, look at verse three. He being God, God asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. I, 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 I don't know. He's, he's looking around and he's like, there are... I mean, I, I, how's that song go? Is it the, the knee bones connected to the, is it the thigh bone? Which one is it? Is this, a, is this a sternum? What is this? Is this a sternum or is this a femur? I don't know what this is. And he's just trying to, he's overwhelmed by the whole thing. And he's just like, I, I just don't know. Anybody who's from Oklahoma and is a homeowner in Oklahoma, you know, if you live in Oklahoma, you got to have a ceiling fan. Amen. Yeah, you ever walk into somebody's house and you look up and they ain't got no ceiling fan? Like, what, did you just move here? <laughs> you from out of town, ain't you? You ain't experienced a summer here. 
Because you gotta have a ceiling fan. You ever had a ceiling fan go bad on you? Get that little wobble? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, you're like, you're looking at that going, probably should do something about that. Grandma's supposed to sleep in that room. That could come off like a helicopter blade, and I don't know how I'd explain that at her funeral. I, 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 um, I, you ever, you ever gone to like Lowe's and said, I'm going I'm to get me, I'm going to look at the, the ceiling fans, or maybe you thought about, I thought about replacing the ceiling fan and you go and, and they got all the ceiling fans hanging up and you're like, yeah, I'll take that one right there. That's the one I want. But you don't get to one that's hanging up, do you? You get to one that's in the box and then you go home and then you open up the box and you're like, oh, wow, there's lots of parts here. There's lots of green wires and blue wires and yellow wires, like a little rainbow in here. A little party going on here. What's happening? A lot of little screws. Well, you're a tiny little screw, aren't you? I don't know what you're for. Oh, good. Instructions in 17 languages. This is fantastic. Didn't even know there were 17 languages in the world. (laughs) And then you kind of look up at your ceiling fan that's going wobble, wobble, wobble. And you're like, you know, I think it's, it's fine bag it back up, take it back. I think this is how guilt and shame works in in, in our lives. So we want want to overcome it, but we get so overwhelmed by it that I'm never gonna get out of this valley of bones. Look at the mess. I don't even know what to do. I don't even know. I've tried before. You know what? I'm just gonna live with the wobble. And it's just gonna be, good enough. Guilt and shame are very interesting. Guilt is good. Somebody say guilt is good. Now that's, I know you're like, wait a second. I didn't, guilt's good. Guilt is good. Guilt is actually from God. It is God given. I mean, what do they say? You have a guilty what? Conscience. Where does that come from? Comes from the Lord. God gives you a conscience and guilt is about your conscience. It's, it's God's way of saying to you and the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you feel guilty because it's, it's warning you and saying, hey, this is what you're doing and you need to stop. It's a warning signal to you and it's given to you by the Holy Spirit. Shame is a distant cousin of guilt and often confused with guilt, but shame is completely different. Shame is not God-given. Shame comes to us from the enemy. Shame has nothing to do with your conscience and has everything to do with condemnation. Where, where guilt says, this is what you've done, shame says, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you will, all you will ever be. And so I don't, I don't know, maybe today it's guilt you're dealing with. Maybe it is guilt and it's the Holy Spirit and, and you know what you're doing, the choices that you're making are, are not healthy, they're not good and you're dealing with that guilt. I wanna tell you, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. But maybe it's shame. Maybe you've asked God, I, I, I've repented, but it's still haunting me. So whether, it, whether it's guilt or shame, both are incredibly overwhelming. And you just want to box it up, push it off to the side. And I'm just going to kind of settle in here into this valley of dry bones. You, you, you have this sense that there's, there's no hope for me. There's hope for other people, but, but not, not for me. You're looking around in the valley and it's just a mess and everything's so dried out and there's no way. And you say to yourself, I, I, don't, I don't know, like Ezekiel, I don't know if, I don't know if I can live again. I really don't, God. I, I don't know if that's gonna happen for me. I, I wanna remind you of what you wrote down. Can you look down at what you wrote down just a moment ago and, and so say it again together? God restores broken halos so they can shine again. Look at verse four. Then he said to me, 
speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, say it with me. Listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, say it with me. I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. Come on now, let's speak a prophetic message over one another. You're like, is this a prophetic church? Is that what that is? We about to get charismatic Pentecostal up in here. Some of y'all are like, it's about time. It's happening. It's happening right now. I knew it was coming. There's another part of you going, what's happening right now? I do not know what's happening right now. I am nervous. I am, I'm buckling in. This could be a rough ride here. But this is what he says, like, speak a prophetic message. I think we need to speak prophetically over one another. Turn to somebody, encourage them and say, you can live again. You can live again. What, what voices are you listening to? What voices are you listening to? Sometimes it's the voice of people, especially people from your past. Like they know who you, they come to you and they're like, ah, you ain't changed. I know you. I know what you've been doing. I know you're the same person. You ain't changed. Things ain't different. Don't, you ain't fooling nobody. Some, sometimes it's, it's the voice of the, of the enemy who comes to you and the voice of the enemy says, hey, God will forgive a lot of things, but he won't forget that. And you've, you've done that way too many times and, and now your soul is tainted. Sometimes the most destructive voice is your own. I mean, I, I'm... I just don't think I'm worthy of being forgiven. Or maybe God will forgive me, but it's why he's not using me because of that. And if that wasn't on my record, if that wasn't a part of my past, so God uses them because they don't, they don't have the, the mark and, and I, I do. I'm just here today to tell you, listen to the word of the Lord. You can live again. Encourage somebody next to you, tell them, you can live again. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, you can live again. Now, listen to the word of the Lord. Hear, hear the word of the Lord. This ain't my words. This isn't good preaching. This is the word of the Lord. Isaiah 1.18 says, come now, let's settle this. What God is saying to some of you today is, it is time for you to settle this. I am forgiven. I am a child of God. I am not who I, I was before. I am not these things that I am doing. I am going to live free. And God is saying, you need to settle it today. Like you need to be marked today by the Holy Spirit. Today is a day that you need to write down and say, oh, that's right, on, on September 18, 2022, man, I remember broken halos. That's when God set me free. That's when I understood who I was, that I am a child of the Most High God. So God is declaring to some of you today, come on now, let's settle this once and for all. Though your sins are like scarlet, I'm gonna make them white as snow. Turn to somebody in front of you and behind you and tell them you are gonna live again. You are gonna live again. You are gonna live again. Psalm 103, 12 says this. He, being God, has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Somebody say, you're gonna live again. You are gonna live again. But as I say this, maybe you're like, yeah, but man, I have... Uh, I have really hurt some people. <sighs> I mean, I really hurt them. I just, I don't know if there's any coming back from that. In fact, some of you might even say, I did it maliciously. I wrote some stuff about them, said some stuff went behind their back to try to maliciously destroy them. And I don't know. Let me tell you about Joseph and his brothers. 
It's a story in the Bible. Joseph is a, he gets this dream. He's a young man. He's got this dream, what God wants to do in his life. His brothers find out about this dream. They become jealous of him and they set out to hurt him and they throw him in this pit because they want to kill him. But then they decided we shouldn't kill our brother. So they sold him off into slavery and watched their brother go away. For over a decade, he went away. But God did not forget Joseph God remembered Joseph. God not only restored Joseph, but listen to this. God actually restored his brothers. Decades later, God forgave his brothers. And this is crazy. God said, not only am I going to forgive you, you guys who hurt your brother, and the story is written in scripture about it, I'm going to use you to be the 12 tribes of Israel. What? I'm going to have the tribes of Israel come from each one of you. This is the word of the Lord. Maybe it's anger. It's like, ah, oh, man, I, I try to keep it under control. And, I, and then something happens and I just, I just don't think God's going to be able to use me. I, I don't think God's going to be able to. I got to live with the wobble. I guess this is just who I am. Let me tell you about a guy named Peter. <laughs> I like Peter. Peter was a hothead. He did some stupid stuff. He lost his cool at the dumbest times. Like Jesus is, is in the garden. He's about ready to be arrested. Peter, he's like, right, I got the son of God, God in the flesh here. I got this, Jesus. Pulls out a sword, whack, cuts the guy's ear off. Imagine that moment right then, Jesus standing there going, really? You just, you don't think I can? Well, I mean, I know, but you were just standing there and you weren't doing nothing. And I thought maybe you need me to step in and do something for you. <laughs> Jesus like reached down, pick off the ear, <laughs> blows it off. It's back on again. I don't know if that's how it went down, but in my mind. That's how it went down. That's how I like to tell that story. Peter's like, I'm done. Because he had other things. And God restored him. Not only restored him, but used him to be the one to lead the church. The guy with the anger problem is the guy who's going to lead the church. Maybe you're struggling with sexual temptation. It's that hidden sin that nobody knows about. You, you, you've done things, you're doing things, you, 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 know, ah, you know it's not the best thing for you. And if people found out and they knew who you were, oh man, God could never use me. Let me tell you about a guy named David. David King has it all over all of Israel. He's supposed to be out fighting battles, but he doesn't. He's up on his rooftop and he's struggling with sexual temptation. And he sees a woman who's taking a bath and he calls for her and she has to come to him because he's the king. He commits adultery with her and then he gets all jacked up because she gets pregnant. And she's married and it's just a big train wreck and it's a big mess and it's all in the pages of scripture. Anybody who says this book is not true, are you kidding me? If this book were not true, you wouldn't put in all these jacked up people. You clean it all up first. But, but do you know the Psalm that we read earlier? Psalm 103.12, put it back on the screen. Psalm 103.12, written by David. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. That's David. God fully restored David. Maybe you're, you're struggling with secrets and, and lies and, and, and you know, you're telling that you're like, oh, I got to tell that you're telling this lie to cover up that lie. And it's this big web and, and you're trying to keep your story straight so that you don't get fired or you don't, your family doesn't find out or whatever the cut. You're like, I, I got to keep this thing. And you're, you're just so deep in it. You're like, I'm so, so humiliated. <laughs> if anybody ever, anybody ever, ever, ever knew. Let me tell you about a, a guy named Jacob. See, Jacob, uh, Jacob was the Prince Harry of the Bible. 
number two to the throne. He, he wasn't like William Esau. No, not at all. Didn't get that gig. So he's born. He doesn't get the, the birthright, and he's kind of jacked up about it. And so he spins this web, and he decides he's going to steal the birthright from his brother so he can get all of his dad's inheritance. And he does. Comes concocts this plan, brings his mom into it too, and they all get involved, and they web, this web of lies, and he steals the birthright from his brother. Then his dad and his brother find out about it, and he says, I'm going to kill you dead. And so he runs for his life. He's running for his life. He has sinned. He has messed up. He is jacked up. God meets him. God wrestles with him all night long and at the end he restores him and changes Jacob's name to anybody? Israel. I'm going to birth a nation out of you. The liar. Maybe you're running from God. Maybe you, God has been talking to you and he's saying I want you to do this X, Y, or Z. And this is what I've been taught, trying to get you to do. I've been trying to get you to move in this street. And you, want, and you are running in the opposite direction. Let me tell you about a guy named Jonah. Most everybody knows about Jonah. He's supposed to go to Nineveh. He's supposed to tell those people about their sins and talk to them about the Lord. But he doesn't. He says, I ain't going there. I don't like them people. I ain't doing what God told me to do because I don't like what God's telling me to do. Anybody? I don't like what God's telling me to do. I'm not going to do what God tells me to do. So Jonah gets on a boat. He's on a boat. Big storm. Thrown overboard. Ends up in the belly of a fish, and it's in the belly of that fish that God speaks to him, that he confesses his sin, he is restored, God has him spit up, and he goes to Nineveh. This is who our God is. This is the power of our God. God takes broken halos, and he restores them so they can shine again. Go back to verse 12 of Ezekiel 37. I love the word of the Lord here. I will open your graves of exile and I will cause you to rise again. This is what God wants to speak over you today. He's gonna open the grave, you're gonna rise again. When I, when I read that, I thought of the words of Jesus. We're so similar in John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said this, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who, anyone, somebody say anyone, anyone. Come on, turn to somebody and say, that means you. That means you. Anyone who believes in me will live. That's some good news right there. They will live even after dying. Turn to somebody and tell them again, you can live again. You can live again. Last year, um, got a phone call from Laura, and she, uh, she said, um, hey, uh, how's your day going? I'm like, uh, what's wrong? So, well, um, so I was in the car, and I was like, oh, man, no, 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 no. What, what happened? And she tells me that she was backing out, and she did not see a concrete median. And I, you know what? I mean, how many of us ever backed out and you don't see those things? You just don't. You, you ever almost hit one and go, <laughs> and we'll hit that. <laughs> Man, that was, ooh. she hit it. And she, I said, well, how bad is it? She said, well, and so I looked at it and I was like, ooh, that's a, that's a good little dent. So we took it to the body shop and I went to the body shop and I said, hey, could you tell us, check it out. They call me. I said, Mr. Farnsworth, they say that, Mr. Farnsworth. It's, it's, that's not good news. Mr. Farnsworth, you got two options. One is um, we can fully replace all the parts and, 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 and make it new. How much is that? $3,500. What's option B? So, well, we can, we can um, put some touch-up paint on it and, and buff it out. How much is that? $150. Do that. <laughs> I'll take the $150. This is not how God operates in your life. God doesn't just, you know, use a little touch-up paint over your sin and kind of buff it out and call it good. No, no, no. This isn't about rehabilitation. This is about resurrection. This is about God fully restoring you to who you were meant to be. God takes your old stuff and he makes you a new person. You are not who you used to be. 
It's not based on what you've done. It's not based on who you are. It's based on what He's done and who He is. Jesus, remember, came, went to the cross, died. Where did they put Him? In a valley of dry bones. That's where they put Him. And everybody's like, can those bones live again? Well, let's wait three days and let's find out. Because the Holy Spirit, it says, breathe life into Jesus. He got up and he walked out of that valley. And that same Spirit that breathed life into Jesus in that valley of dry bones is the same Spirit who wants to breathe life into you in your valley of dry bones so that you can walk out into new life. Somebody say amen. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together, attached themselves as complete skeletons. And then I watched muscles, flesh forming over the bones, then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message. Son of man, speak a prophetic message. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds and breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So, so I, I spoke the message as he commanded me. Breath came into their bodies and they all came to life and they stood up on their feet. Come on, somebody stand up on your feet. They stood up on their feet. A great and mighty army.
We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.